0: So let me just say uh, thank you for one more thing today before we get right into the Word. um, This last week was our week of prayer. Every year we begin the first full week of January as a a focus on prayer. And so many of you have been praying each and every day. You've been following with us on the prayer focuses for that. And I just want to say thank you right here out of the gate. I'm I'm about to preach a, a second of three messages in a series to kick off this year about prayer. But I want to just say thank you because I understand, you know, we can talk a lot about prayer, but how many of you know uh, things don't change until you pray? I don't want to just talk about prayer, I don't want to just uh, talk about what prayer can do. I want to touch the throne, I want to pray. And so, for those of you that have been praying, thank you so much for that. I I was reading uh, again over the last couple weeks some of the works of a man by the name of E. M. Bounds. Those old guys—they were always cool because they just went by initials, like right. You know, maybe I should go by A. S. McNatt. I don't. uh, Nah, I don't think so. But E. M. Bounds was a a preacher in the 19th century, and uh, he wrote 11 books. Nine of them were about prayer. So I think it's safe to say he had a favorite topic. And I want to share a couple of uh, statements that, uh, that he's memorable for. He said, prayer is our most formidable weapon, but the one in which we are the least skilled and the most averse to its use. What a sad commentary for him to make about the church of his day. And yet, if we're honest, I don't think he's far off from our generation Ian Bounds said, "Prayers outlive the lives of those who utter them, outlive a generation, outlive an age, and outlive a world." How many of you know when you pray, your prayers are of eternal significance? The Bible says there there is a bowl in heaven before the throne of God that is filled with the prayers of the saints. If you wonder, where's, where's my prayers going? They outlive you. They outlive this age. They even outlive this world. There will be a day where that bowl will spill over and God will respond to the prayers of his saints fully and finally. Another statement that Ian Bounds said was this. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. He shapes the world by prayer. You know, I was thinking about that thought. God shapes the world by prayer because he shapes the church by prayer. We just sang it a moment ago. The the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to praise, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. You've seen the news. You've read the headlines. Let me ask you the question, where is the will of God being done on the earth? And I would tell you, the church. The church. The church is where the will of God is being done on the earth. And so God shapes the world through prayer as he shapes the church through prayer. And he shapes the church through prayer as he shapes families through prayer. How many of you know the church is not an establishment? It's not, it's not, it's not an address or a location we come to. It's a people. And God shapes families through prayer because he shapes his people through prayer. God uses prayer to shape the world. I, I've often... Bragged on the emphasis of our Wednesday night prayer meeting. Some of you have never been to a Wednesday night prayer meeting here, and that's okay. Maybe, maybe you, your work schedule doesn't allow it, but I, I still, even if you never come, I want you to know I'm very intentional to, to say the most important hour in the week of this church is the Wednesday night prayer meeting. From 7 to 8 o'clock. In fact, even last year, we, we, at the beginning of the year, we were casting vision and, and we were talking about goals for the new year. And, and I, I said it then. I'll say it again today. My goal, uh, numeric goal, is not the Sunday morning goal. My numeric goal for our church in attendance is the Wednesday night goal. I'm still praying that every Wednesday night we have 100 people in the prayer meeting. Because I'm convinced if this room is full on Wednesday night of people seeking the face of God, we will not be able to stop the exponential growth of what God does on Sunday. Anybody besides me believe that in the 10 a.m. service? If, If the people of God would just seek his face in prayer... I've often said that the Wednesday night prayer meeting is the coal in the engine room that moves the church forward. The Wednesday night prayer meeting is the spiritual greenhouse for where we cultivate the gifts of the Spirit. I was just having a conversation, uh, Steve and I were talking this week, and just one of the challenges of doing three services on Sunday morning is just, boy, there's just not enough time. You know, I, I grew up in, in a day where, we, I, even as a child, I was familiar with the word tarry. How many of you tarried in God's presence before? Some of you are like, I don't even know that word. I, as a child, I understood what it meant to tarry in the presence of God. Because it happened just about every Sunday night. We would just spend time, and in, in, in it's, in, it's in waiting, it's in seeking that we develop the gifts of the Spirit and learn how to be... Uh, Intuitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying and it become a, a vessel for God to speak through us. It's, it's the incubator for this church's spiritual maturity. There's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of churches that are just undeveloped, malnourished. But I want you to know that the prayer meeting is where we incubate spiritual maturity in this church. And prayer, you should know this today, prayer is communicating with God. Communication is two-way, by the way. If you've ever had a conversation with someone that didn't really want to hear anything you had to say, they just wanted to tell you what they thought, how many of you were ready to get out of that conversation pretty quick? No, effective communication is two ways. A lot of people just look at prayer as, I'm just going to come in with my grocery list of needs. I'm just going to read the list, you know, as if God is some like heavenly Santa Claus. I'm not expecting you to say anything. I just want you to know what I want. But prayer is communicating with God, and and it's listening for his response. And by the way, primarily the way that we hear God most consistently and most clearly is through his word. Like God can speak in a multitude of ways. God can give visions. He can give dreams. He can speak prophetically. He, He He can just move your heart through a beautiful sunset, but most consistently and clearly he communicates his will through his word. That's why we never come to the prayer meeting without our Bibles. We show up with an open heart and a receptive spirit, but also with an open Bible to hear what God is saying. And so what I'm doing in this series to launch the year, last week, today, and next Sunday, is I'm taking some of the words that God has uh, spoken to us in Wednesday night of last year. And and I want to invite you into this atmosphere of hearing the word and responding to the word in prayer. If you have your Bible, here's the the key text that I want to share with you. Revelation chapter four and verse one. And this is what it says. After this, I looked up and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I heard first speaking to me like a trumpet Said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. Come up here. That's the invitation that I want you to hear in your spirit today. Say, how, how do we how do we come up here? How do we get to the place God is we climb through the stairway of prayer? we come up into God's presence through prayer. This was John the revelator writing uh writing this and when he when he first began to to hear the voice of Jesus, a voice like a trumpet, he said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's what happens when we pray. When you and I pray, we actually shift from our from our our carnality and from our uh, our own intellect and our own earthly understanding into a, a spiritual realm of faith. When, when you're praying, you're not problem solving. You're asking God to do what he can do about your situation. A lot of people would say, hey, uh, you know, I, I could use some prayer. And then a, a, a well-meaning Christian will say, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you about that. And then they spend the next several minutes counseling them. And then they say goodbye. And while it's well intended and may even be good counsel, how many of you know you never came up here to where the Spirit of the Lord invites us to go in prayer? So uh, prayer is not counseling. Prayer is saying, uh, we need the mind of God on this. And so John is in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he hears the voice of Jesus, and the voice of Jesus says to him, come up here. I want you to see things from my Perspective. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So I want to just encourage you for the next few moments on several ways and reasons that we can just come to God in prayer and how important it is that we get a heavenly perspective. Now it's it's still the beginning of the year, and a lot of people are, are making new determinations and resolutions, and, and one of those is to memorize scripture. It, it, honestly, it's it's sad to me how many Christians can't quote a single Bible verse, so I'm going to help you today. I'm going to give you a verse that you can memorize for 2024, and don't worry, it's a short one. It's First Thessalonians chapter five verse 17. Here's what it says, "Pray continually. That's the whole verse. Did we fit it on the screen? Yep, it fits. Can we just quote it together? You know, take it off. I don't want any cheaters. Take it off. Take it off. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray. man, you guys are sharp. You guys are sharp. Paul is saying to the church, always is the right time to pray. Every time is the right time to pray. You can, you can come up here To where Jesus sees things from a heavenly perspective in any situation. Let me just give you several. And don't overlook this one. You can pray when you're thankful. It's important that we don't forget this one. And I put it at the top of the list because a lot of people think that prayer is nothing more than, than a crisis hotline. Like, the, the God is this, you know, just this uh, intervention God, you know, just deploy the emergency hatch. My life is falling apart. The wheels are coming off. Like, I need God, and so we only pray in the storm, but the Bible invites us to pray just because we're thankful. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of Praise. What is the sacrifice of praise? It's the fruit of lips that profess His name. That's what we were doing in singing earlier. We were just we were offering up a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. You can pray just because you're thankful. And by the way, if you're wondering, well, when should I be thankful? The answer is always, always. That's what Paul said in Philippians four six. He said, "Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition." with thanksgiving. Present your request to God with thanksgiving. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 104, it says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. Our thanksgiving, it is a gateway into the presence of God. Our praise is is a portal, it's an access point into the throne room of grace. And so when you hear the voice of the Lord saying to you this morning, come up here, come up here. Say, how do we get there? We get through the gateway of thanksgiving and through the portal of praise. Here's another reason you can come up here today and call on the Lord. You can call on him when you have needs. I know for some of you that's so foundational but let me just remind you today, Colossians chapter 4 and verse three says, "And pray for us. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the leader of the church. Oftentimes we come into church and we're afraid to go to the altar. We're afraid to ask for prayer. We feel like it's going to like brand us with some scarlet letter or something. Get in line, folks. I need prayer as much as anybody in this room. And here's the Apostle Paul, the leader of the church. And he's saying, "Hey, pray for us too." Pray that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. That reminds me of something that happened just this Friday. I I called a friend of mine. He was on his way to do a funeral. I knew he was doing the funeral service on Friday, so I called him just to to pray for him. And and he said, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people there that don't know the Lord. And and I just want to communicate The the clear presentation of the gospel effectively. And so I, I began to pray for him. And as I prayed for him, immediately a story just came to my mind. I believe it was the Holy Spirit because he speaks most clearly and consistently through his word. I remembered a story in the book of Acts chapter 16 where Paul the apostle had gone to preach in the city. And then he went outside and went to a place where he thought some believers might be gathered. And the Bible says in Acts 16, verse 14, one of those listening to him was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth and she was a worshiper of God. And here's, here's the phrase that the Lord just dropped in my spirit as I was praying for my friend. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So I began to turn it into a prayer. Lord, would you open people's heart to respond to his message. God will allow you to just pray for other people when they have needs. You, you've already learned one verse today, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. What does it say? Pray, pray Some of you forgot it already. I, I could tell that was a lot weaker than the, the five minutes ago version, but that's okay. But in praying continually, Paul goes on in that same chapter to give, a, again, short, a little longer But another great verse to remember. Verse 25, he says, Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Pray for us. You can pray in the worst moments of your life. Aren't you thankful that in in the crisis moments, you can call on God? I, I was thinking about Acts Chapter 12, It's talk about a crisis moment. I mean, the church has been launched, and, and, and people are getting saved, and they've gone from 120 in an upper room to several thousand people in the church. But with that, they've got the attention of the Roman Empire. And James, one of the leaders of the church, has been arrested. And then he was killed. And not only was James, one of the leaders of the church, killed, But then the guards went out and arrested Peter. The apostle Peter is now locked in prison. You talk about a crisis situation. What what do you do when one of your pastors has been killed and the other one's in prison and he's awaiting trial? Well, I, I know what I hope you would do in that situation. It says in verse five of Acts chapter 12 what they did. So Peter was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. You can call on God in a crisis. I had a call Thursday night. Someone called me that doesn't attend this church, but someone I've built a relationship with over the last couple years, and I could tell immediately by the tone of her voice, this is a crisis. You know what those calls sound like. There was an urgency immediately. I said, what happened? What's going on? She began to explain to me that, that her son was taken down to the emergency room tonight, and first thing tomorrow morning, he's having heart surgery. I don't even know what all they're doing, but, but I, you know, I, I'm scared. And so immediately I said, well, let's, let's pray. And as I began to pray, what a gift that the Holy Spirit could use you, use me to invite someone to come up here. I began to just pray the promises of God. I began to just pray the, 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 the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, the victory that we have over death. I began to just declare and decree healing over her son. And, and you, could just, you could just feel the, the, um, all the emotion just, just relax over the phone, in the tone of her voice. You could just sense God's presence. That's, that's the invitation we have. No matter what you're facing, no matter how big the crisis is, we can come up into God's presence and get a heavenly perspective, you can call on God in a crisis. You can call on God when you need strength. Sometimes you don't even even know what to do next, but the Bible says to us in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, those that hope in the Lord or those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What a miraculous thought that, that just by putting your hope in God, by putting your faith in God, by, by waiting before the Lord, say, I'm not going to run out and try harder. I'm not going to you know, put this thing in the think tank, and I'm not going to phone a friend. I'm not going to try to figure this out. I'm just going to wait on God. And even as I'm waiting, all of a sudden, my strength is renewed like the eagles. I can soar. I can run and not grow weary. I can walk and not be faint. And the beauty of it is as you come up into God's presence, the Holy Spirit will even give you discernment on how fast to move. Sometimes we need to fly. Sometimes we need to slow down and walk. But the Holy Spirit will begin to strengthen you in God's presence. That's what that's what David did. Some of you remember the story in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. David had led his... his uh, little army of men out to go and to fight a great battle. But while they were on the battlefield, another enemy came to their hometown where they were vulnerable, and they they burned their homes. They stole all their possessions, and they took their wives and their children. And so when the men came back to Ziklag, and they saw that everything had been destroyed, the Bible says they turned on David. In verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30, it says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. But look at this. It says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Everybody turned on him. Everybody that was with him turned their back on him. And yet David found strength. How did he do it? He heard the voice of the Lord in the midst of... Of adversity, in the midst of, of just being overwhelmed and being isolated and everybody turning against him, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, David, come up here. Come up here and I will show you what must happen next. And that's exactly what happened for him. God began to speak to him and said, David, I want you to attack. You're going to overcome and you're going to recover everything. And David was encouraged in his spirit and he got up and he executed the plan that God showed him in the secret place of prayer. You can pray when you need strength. I'm so glad today. You can pr- I can pray when I need direction. Anybody besides me ever needed direction from the Holy Spirit? Like, where, where are we going to go? What's the next step? What's the next move here? The Apostle Paul was radically saved, and we talked about his, his ministry a couple weeks ago, how everywhere he went, people either wanted to kill him or run him out of town. And so he ran to Jerusalem where the church was, and even they didn't trust him. And so they sent him down to Tarsus so he could go down there. And so he's down there, you know, he's kind of just developing his, his ministry. One guy, Barnabas, one guy thought, you know what? We're not going to send this guy out to pasture. I'm going to go get Paul. He goes and he gets Paul, and he takes him to Antioch. And so Paul is there with Barnabas, and they're, they're ministering in Antioch. And then this is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, Barnabas was probably the obvious choice. I mean, he's one of the leaders of the church. He just got here from Jerusalem. But Saul... He's been overlooked everywhere he's gone. He's been run out of town. Who knows? I mean, maybe if you look at the maps in the back of your Bible, you'd be following somebody else's journey if the church had not stopped and prayed. But they did. They said, we're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're not really sure who should go on this assignment. But when they prayed, God said, I want you to set apart Barnabas and Saul. Verse 3 says, so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Listen, we could go over situation after situation where the Spirit of God invites us to come up, to come up here, and to, to get God's perspective on your situation. But we could also narrow it down to just two. There's just two. There's two times that you ought to pray, friend. If you're a note-taker, you might want to write these down. Number one, pray when you feel like it. You can probably guess number two. Pray when you don't. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 119, verse 62. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous law. Some of you, you you, you can't sleep and you've been wondering why. Maybe this is your verse. Maybe this is why. The Lord's calling you to be the one to rise at midnight and seek the face of God. Psalm 119 says this. Seven times a day, I praise you. For your righteous laws. This was not just one person being a little extra. This was actually the culture. There were seven times of day that they would stop and pray and seek the face of God. Some of you, maybe the best thing you could do in 2024 for your prayer life is to just set a notification on your phone to pray. I mean, why not? You know, Siri tells you everything else to do, you know? Just, just hey, Siri. Remind me to pray at 9 a.m. every day and just develop a rhythm of saying, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing and receive the invitation to come up here and see things from a heavenly perspective. Ephesians 6, Paul said in verse 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people always keep on praying so here's what we're going to do as we get ready to close this service in the next few moments our worship team is coming and they're just going to set an atmosphere for prayer in the room and i want to invite you today to get a heavenly perspective I want to invite you to have a a determination to say, I didn't just, I didn't just come to be here on this level. I didn't just show up at 365 Orange Street, you know, so I could get a little Bible lesson, get a little coffee, have a little fellowship. You know, the kids could have some discipleship upstairs. I I didn't just show up to get an hour of free babysitting. I came to respond to the invitation. To respond to the voice of the Lord saying, you can come up here. You can meet with me. And if you'll meet with me, I can can give you my perspective on what you're dealing with. So I want to invite you. We're going to take the last few moments of this service to stand again. To honor the presence of the Lord. I want to ask our prayer team to, to go ahead and to move into place around this room. And let me just say, as they're coming, there is such... Power in agreement. Maybe the most effective thing that the devil could do to hinder your spiritual life is to isolate you. To isolate you. That's why the Bible tells us that if we want forgiveness of sins, we confess to God. We confess to God that our sins may be forgiven. But in James chapter 5, he tells us we confess to one another that we might be healed. And there's a lot of people, maybe even in this room, you're going to heaven, but you're struggling. Your sins are forgiven, but you need healing. And the most effective thing you can do is to turn the light on for the the, the secret places that the enemy is wreaking havoc in your life, those areas that that have been a struggle, those things that have caused secret shame, those those things that you're struggling with, I, I, I appeal to you today. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to live in isolation. When the Holy Spirit invites us to not isolate but insulate our lives in the body of Christ, to be covered on every side, So we're going to take these few moments and we're just going to seek the lord today i'm going to begin to just pray the word of god as we do every wednesday night and i want to invite you to lift your voice with us begin to seek the lord if you need prayer today if you just want somebody to partner with you could i encourage you even right now you can just step out from where you're standing find one of these prayer partners around the room maybe you're standing with your spouse and you say hey we need to pray about this and give a little direction in this moment come on let's Let's respond right now to the invitation to come up. To come up and see things from God's perspective. God, we come right now by faith into your very presence. We come. We come with thanksgiving. We come with praise. We come in the spirit today. We hear you inviting us in. We sense, Lord, through your word. That you're calling us to, to believe for something that is beyond our intellect, beyond our understanding. God, thank you for access today into eternal wisdom. Thank you for access today. Jesus, you declared, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the the life so jesus we come in your name we come in your way we come in your truth thank you god that even now as we pray even now as we seek your face this morning god you're working you're working lord god in the way that you gave clarity and direction to the new testament church i pray for someone here today that that needs direction I pray for someone here today that that doesn't know what step to take next. But as they pray, as they seek your face, may they hear the Lord say. God, I thank you for those that, that are calling out from a place of desperation today. That they're in this house this morning. That they were able to hear the word today. That even as the Apostle Peter was in prison, the church was earnestly praying. Whatever's happening outside of these four walls today has less impact than what's happening in this room right now. So God, see our faith. Hear our prayers as we earnestly seek you right now. Come on, if you need a miracle, if you need God to turn a circumstance around in your life today, take these moments. Take a few more moments. Just seek him. Just seek him and ask him, God, would you you bring relief? Would you bring release? Jesus, you said the spirit of the living God is upon you to set the captives free. God, we intercede today. We pray for others, those that aren't in the room, those that aren't watching online, but, Lord, those that our hearts are burdened with today. God, would you soften their hearts Would you open their hearts to receive the message of the gospel? Would you guard and guide and protect our loved ones, God? Not because they call on you, but because we call on you. Because you hear our prayers today. Come on, just take a few more moments and just seek him today. Spirit of God of fresh all Kingdom come, your Lord. Kingdom come, Let your will be done in our lives. Your will be done here as in I want to invite you to do something here as we We're going to close the service in just a moment, but I felt so strongly in the first service, the Lord told me to do this. And I'm always very, I'm always very careful to not unintentionally make people uncomfortable. And I say unintentionally because the word of God makes people uncomfortable and I'll never apologize for preaching the word of God. But but I, I don't want to do anything to, to put anybody out of place or you know make you feel uncomfortable or embarrass you. But I sense the Lord just speak this into my heart so I, I'm going to challenge you to do this. We're going to take just the next couple moments and, and if men... If there's another man standing near you, in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to pray for him. Ladies, if, if there's another lady standing around you, I'm gonna ask you to, to pray for him. Now, now hear what I'm, I'm not saying, because a lot of people go, well, I, I've never prayed out loud. Grab the keys, honey, get the kids. I'll meet you in the car. Listen, the power of your prayer is not your words, it's not your words. This is not hocus pocus. God does does not need you to all of a sudden eloquently declare something in King James English to move his heart. He just wants a posture of faith. If God gives you the words to say, please have the courage to say them. But if all you can do is put a hand on someone's shoulder and lift their name up to God, I want to invite you to take a moment to pray for someone else in this room today. Would you be so bold as to do that right now? Just, just, look, just find someone that's near you. If you don't know their name, ask their name. Or maybe you should assume they forgot your name and tell them your name anyway. And Would you just take a moment to just say, I, I just want to pray for you. I just want to lift you up right now. I need some mature believers looking looking around the room. Find somebody that's standing by themselves. You might have to go to one or two people. Let's just take a moment. Find someone that needs prayer. Lord, let your will be done in our lives. Lead us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lead your church. Give us a heavenly high view of what we're dealing with, what we're facing in our families and in our nation. God, thank you for clarity that comes in your presence by your Spirit. Jesus, it's in your name we pray these things. And church, because we walk by faith and not by sight, I want to invite you to just take a few more seconds And would you just thank God, whatever it was you just asked God for, whatever it was you're praying about, would you just begin to thank God that he's already doing it? Come on, don't wait for the evidence. The Bible says that that faith is the evidence of the things that are unseen. And so let's just begin to give God thanks right now. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you that you've heard us today. Lord, for every person in this service, there was something they needed. And you invite us to come up higher and to touch the throne room of grace, to find mercy to help us in our time of need. So we thank you that today... Even as we're seeking your face in worship, you're extending your hand. You're moving. And I believe testimonies are coming in the days and in the weeks and in the months to come. Testimonies are coming of the goodness of God in response to the prayers of the saints. So in Jesus' name, we give you all the glory. And all God's people said amen. Come on, let's just put our hands together one more time and thank the Lord that he hears us when we pray. Amen. Amen.